The third season of the business podcast Grow Now will address a multitude of questions that every entrepreneur has encountered or has asked himself at least once. The untold story of what an entrepreneur's life is made of, the enthusiasm and the true beauty of entrepreneurship, a journey that happens either because of necessity or due to the opportunities presented. But is it for everyone? Join us for the answers that this exciting new season has in store. Welcome to Feeling Forwards, the podcast. My name is Elizabeth Gould, LE to my family and podcast listeners, best-selling author, speaker, and personal reinvention coach. Once or twice a week, I'm going to talk about how to harness the power of your emotions to become the person who has the life you want. Thank you for joining me today, and let's dive in. Now, today I'm delighted to interview Raluca Gomeja, who is the author of the newly released book, The Entrepreneur's Story. Now, Raluca is not only a dear friend of mine, but has had a stellar business consulting career around the world. She's the founder and director at Impact2C, a consulting and coaching business, and has worked in over 15 countries in areas such as strategy, finance, global transverse, transversal projects, and many other strategic business areas. Before that, Raluca spent 17 years as an executive director for a multinational, running teams of over 200 people and budgets of over 1 billion euros. But it's in her current role, or her consecutively role, as the owner of the Intelligent Millionaires Network in Paris, which is France's first executive business success network. And there, Raluca, over and above all her other roles and achievements, has gained a unique insight into what helps and hinders entrepreneurs along their story. Welcome to the Feeling, Forca- Feeling Forwards podcast, Raluca. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. You know, it's been like a, a long time that we are talking about our different entrepreneurs' journeys and um, our different clients and it's uh, it's amazing that finally we can sit and take some time to talk about all these stories so thank you for having me it's a pleasure oh look it's absolutely my pleasure i was so delighted when i was reading the entrepreneur's story because it covers every aspect of the entrepreneur's journey but in manageable bite-sized chapters such as how to be efficient on social media or how to have an impactful meeting I thought that was a good one. How many boring meetings have we all sat through? <laughs> and how to take calculated risks in five steps. But today I wanted to talk about your book and your wide and varied experience, focusing on what Feeling Forwards does best. And that's the emotional journey of the entrepreneur. Now you wrote a chapter on how to fight loneliness as an entrepreneur. And I would love you to describe how and when that loneliness shows itself during the entrepreneur's story yes i the the reason i was focusing on that it's not necessarily because of my personal story but because of all the people that i've met during my journey so it's been six seven years now that i'm working with entrepreneurs and every single time i was working with them i was hit by this kind of um, impact the business had on their personal life 
And most of the time, what I realize is um, they will start a business, usually after having a corporate business or a corporate career, and they will move from a very, <clears throat> let's say, um, uh, rich environment with a lot mm. of people around them. They used to have at least a boss. They, they used to have uh, co-workers. They used to have teams, running teams. And out of the blue, they will move from that kind of journey into a very lonely journey. Why? Because most of the time when they started the business, they were by themselves. But that's not the, the most difficult or the most challenging thing that I found is because most of the time their friends, their family, they were not necessarily supportive of their entrepreneurial initiative, let's call it. And uh, out of the blue, they will find themselves cut in the business. They, they wanted to succeed, obviously. They will work hard. They will forget they have other things in life than their business. And without having anyone to address to, you know, you cannot go home and talk about your business or to your friends uh, because any kind of complaints, uh, those kind of people will say, yeah, but you had an amazing career. Why did you went this way, right? And you cannot go back to your office and talk with, you know, coworkers or even ask advice to your, to your I don't know, director or manager. And or even delegate something to your teams, you know, so it's becoming from from a personal journey, a very, very lonely journey. And this is something that struck me very um, early uh, when I started working with them because they didn't see it coming. Um, and personally, I didn't have that. And I was trying to understand what was that I've done very early when I started my business that uh, prevented me from that kind of experience and what uh, entrepreneurs may do in order to avoid that as well. There's so, there's so much wisdom in that answer, but I, I completely agree. And I think one of the challenges is that very early on, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you get an idea for a new business, or in my case, a new book, it's like falling in love. You get so excited with your idea. You can imagine all these amazing and fantastic developments and then it takes 10 times longer than you thought it would. <laughs> and your family and friends are saying a version of, are you there yet? And it can get really, it can, can make entrepreneurs feel very lonely, as you say, but also they don't want to speak up and, and be vulnerable, that they are stuck because of the, as you indicated, the potential criticism of others around them saying, well, you didn't have to do that. It is that as well as the fact that they don't feel understood. Um, and I think this is also very important when we talk about vulnerability, um, and it's so important, you talk about it a lot as well. Um, it's allowing yourself to say, you know what, I understand that this kind of criticism is coming also from a form of love. Because, you know, our friends and family, they don't want us to take any kind of risk, they don't want mm -hmm. us to suffer, right? Um, and when you don't go back home and say, listen, this is my choice. Um, there is something that I dream about. I want to try that. And I need you to be there, not to you know, be my biggest fan and the biggest supporter, but just to know that every now and then I may have those kind of low moments. And I want you to know that it's not about you. It's not about you know, my business that will crash. It's just something that I feel when 
you know, a client doesn't answer or, uh, you know, the book doesn't sell well or things like that. So it, it's just that part, which is coming also with a, with a kind of uh, opening up about how we feel and accepting that is it's also uh, a part of the journey, if you want. Mm. Well, that leads me beautifully, you have led me beautifully to my next question, which is, talks about being part of a community and being vulnerable. Now, one of the aspects I found with entrepreneurs is particularly when they get stuck, they can feel that they can't show other entrepreneurs their ideas or they can't talk about them because many of them are convinced also that someone will steal their idea. So they become like, um, to use a Lord of the Rings example, they become like Gollum and the Ring. And that's when they can really get into the depths because they won't ask for help or won't share where they're stuck. How do you see a, a community of an entrepreneurs helping in that role? Or what advice do you have for entrepreneurs to get themselves out of the cave, gloating over their rings? It's so true, you know, you, it's just the elephant in the room, isn't it? So every time we go to a, a networking event, because this is what we do with IMN Paris, um, we create this kind of rooms, uh, networking event, obviously now much more on Zoom than, than we used to do it in, in, in um, face to face. And that also has some advantages, by the way. But going back to this issue, um, what I start by saying is like ideas means nothing without implementation. And this is why we are entrepreneurs, it's because we implement ideas. It's not about how great your idea it is, it's about how well you are able to transform it into something that has value on the market. And, and it's very easy to give them a lot of ideas. As I told them, you know, I will give you ideas if you want. You, we will generate ideas. The problem is not that. The problem is when you go back home, what are you doing with the ideas? So showing vulnerability, it's about sharing similar feelings. So when we are in a, in a room of uh, like-minded people, we are all entrepreneurs. So when I say, you know, when you, when, when you get a no from your client, how do you feel? And of course we are humans, right? Of course it's affecting us, right? And, and when one starts saying, um, you know, I, I, I didn't find that, you know, very, very nice, to be honest, because I put so much time into it and so much uh, of my energy, whatsoever. And the other person pick up and say, you know what? It happened to me as well. And I thought I'm the only one who gets so many no's. And then right. the whole room start talking about, you know, 70% of our days is hearing no's, 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 no's. You see, immediately you created that kind of emotional environment where you can share. You don't feel alone any longer. You don't feel mm. not understood any longer. And, and this is where one of us maybe has an experience that are now different, that he started or she started to understand the no differently, like not now or, you know, something else that needs to be uh, addressed in order to turn the no into one yes. So this is how we kind of approach this kind of, you know, stealing ideas. I don't think it's any ideas to be still. All the ideas are on Google, you know, just go there, you find it. <laughs> but if you have a really good idea, don't Google it too much in case Google no, starts to up and take attention. <laughs> I've been meeting people with amazing ideas and three years later, 
somebody has implemented something similar. They, on the other side of the earth, they never heard about each other. It's just like the idea is so great, but without the speed of implementation, nothing really happens, you see? So I will always encourage somebody to try it out and to, to move forward into trying to find ways to implement it. And, you know, nothing so much about who else will, will, will steal it. Mm. It may happen, you know. <laughs> So along the lines of feeling forward, because I, I, I've been so grateful that you've read the book. and Yes, and I love it. It's not only <laughs> I read it, I recommend it to everyone. I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you so much. But um, as you know, the central message is using the power of your emotions as well as thinking and habits to get you where you want to go. What are some of the most effective techniques you have seen in a positive way for entrepreneurs to manage their emotions along their journey? I think that first of all, they need to connect to their emotions. The first thing that I notice is that most of the time, especially when we are coming, we're talking about this particular niche of entrepreneurs coming from a previous, let's say, corporate career, uh, they are not so used to show their emotions or to connect to their emotions. They are more into, you know, uh, uh, Cartesian people, very logical, very, you know, left brainers. They try to um, keep it uh, inside, you know. Um, and the first thing that I say is like, um, let's try and use your emotions in order to guide you also in your business. That's the first thing. Second, um, like everything, when it's too much, you know, when it, we become over emotional, uh, obviously we lose contact with the rest. So uh, sometimes being able to detach from the outcome or being able to detach from whatever, you know, when a person is saying no to you, it's not saying you know to you as a person, it's saying yeah. no to an idea, to a product, to a service that you are selling and, and not taking it personally. It's a huge journey. It's a huge journey because our business, it's us, isn't it? As entrepreneurs, as you said, it's our baby. It's, mm. you know, it's very difficult to, to, to take that no in other ways than personal. So we are working quite a lot in that because sometimes it's becoming overwhelming and we believe we are not good enough. We believe that it's about us as a person. And I'm saying, you know, a business may fail and you will create another one because you create the first business. Uh, you cannot have self-doubts. You can have doubts about how do you sell or how good is this product and service, but you cannot put it back on you. So detaching from the outcome is something that we are really um, working with, with entrepreneurs as well. Uh, not because the goals are not important, but because we want to focus on what is uh, there in the moment. So providing the best services, providing this best product and not about, you know, how well that product will sell or how well, uh, you know, what, what kind of recognition will I have from my book? You see, when I wrote this book, it was uh, simply because it was out of my accident and I couldn't do many other stuff. Um, and, and I had so many, um, uh, you know, articles put together and the book was there, but in no way I was expecting the kind of return and the result that this this book had because mm. that was not my purpose my purpose was to to share to be in the moment to to talk with entrepreneurs about what is happening for real and not about how many uh, you know uh, books i sell or you know this kind of goals that can be reductive as well yes but i think you've touched on so many important points there i mean i think you you draw or describe very well the delicate balance between 
connecting with your emotions as an entrepreneur, but then also know where the boundaries of those emotions should be. And yes, our brand is never ourselves. It's a personification in some, in some ways of what we do. But if a customer says, no, you really have a choice, don't you? You can take it as a personal rejection or you can look at the, the way the no was crafted and think, was there actually a message in there that will help my business? It's exactly that. And you do that properly. I mean, um, when we talk about personal emotion, you know, the, the thing that I like in your book is how you create today what you will may experience tomorrow. And mm. when you have a no and you don't clean it out, you project it somehow in the future. So next time you will go and meet a client, you will have that, you know, um, heaviness in your chest, isn't it? And you will have that kind of fear that maybe I'll get a no. So, so something that I love in your book is how, you know, you can kind of project um, clean today in order to project a better tomorrow and, and understand that, as you say, it's just next the corner, you know, uh, it was a no today, but tomorrow there is no, um, how can I say, certainty that it will be another no. You may have a yes and, and that yes can change completely your business and I take it that way you know how you clean that no in order to make a yes tomorrow absolutely I love that you draw that parallel because if we're not careful we drag all the yesterday's no's into the next day yes, and then the no's are not there's not very many yeses in our future based on that well I, I think it's a tribute to, Lu, to you Raluca that we've only been chatting about one chapter in your amazing book and I know there are so many, it's over 20 chapters in your book, isn't there? I think so. Yeah, I didn't count them, but yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to, to address all different aspects of, of what doesn't mean an entrepreneur life. So, yeah. <laughs> and the book is divided, for everyone listening, the book is divided into such discrete and um, complete chapters that you can all, all almost use the book like a textbook if you're about to go into a meeting or you can look at that chapter. If you're having problems getting your costs under control, you can look at that chapter. And you don't need to flick through the index to look at the other chapters. Reluca has presented such beautiful, complete concepts to each step of the entrepreneur's story. So I really, really love the way you structured it and all your wisdom contains. Now, please tell everyone how they can find you and how they can find the book. So the book is available on all Amazon sites, uh, obviously in Amazon Australia, but also all around the world. So you just go on Amazon, whatever country you are in, and you are typing either my name, Raluca Gomeja, or you are typing, uh, you know, searching for the entrepreneur stories, uh, the book will just show up. And obviously uh, you can find us on social media with I am in Paris. Uh, and over there also you can connect with us and, and ask any kind of questions. So for all entrepreneurs there, know that thanks to zoom um, all our meetings are open all around the world so you can participate to our meetings as well uh, no matter where you are from the comfort of your home and, and still talk about business and entrepreneurial journey so hopefully we'll meet as many as you very very soon now yes but i i can i highly recommend i'm in paris and also i will drop a link to reluca's uh, linkedin bio in the show notes so you can find her and her book really really easily and once again thank you so much for Luca for coming on to my podcast no but this was my personal joy and pleasure and I'm so so proud of you as well so thank you so much for having me <laughs>
Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Feeling Forwards and we will catch up again very soon. Thank you for listening and for more information on her business coaching, ebooks and mastermind programs, please visit mitraluka.com.